0: Jamie Court. I'm the president of Consumer Watchdog, and you're listening to the Rage for Justice Report, Consumer Watchdog's weekly podcast where we expose, confront, and change. And I'm very proud and glad to have with me this week Scott Olson. Scott Olson is one of my heroes. He is the proponent of a ballot measure uh, which is being turned in right now across the state, the Fairness for Injured Patients Act, and the ballot measure has almost a million signatures and right now, those signatures are be turned in county by county to qualify this initiative for the ballot uh, and have Californians have the right to vote on whether or not people who are victims and survivors of medical negligence should have a right to sue the people who injured them and the loved ones. Scott, uh, welcome to the Rage for Justice report. Oh, Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. Uh, Scott is a board member of Consumer Watchdog. I've known Scott uh, uh, 27 years. Um, Scott, uh, has a very personal story, uh, about what happened to his son, Steven, who was only two years old when, uh, he was rendered blind and brain damaged by medical negligence. That was, you know, 24 years ago. And a jury was forced to reduce, uh, excuse me, a judge was forced to reduce a $7 million jury verdict for Steven's lost sight, brain function, independence, to a cap, a $250,000 cap put on by the legislature in 1975 and never adjusted. It's 45 years later, it's still never adjusted. Today, Stephen is 30 years old. He's with Scott, um, and he requires full-time care, supervision. Uh, Scott had to give up his job uh, to take care of Stephen when um, Scott's wife, Kathy Olson, who is a dear friend and board member, passed away a couple of years ago. So Scott is the living proof of why this 1975 cap on um, wrongful death survivor damages, quality of life damages, has to be changed. And Scott, um, maybe you could talk just a little bit about why you authored this ballot measure and what what it means to you and to other families in the state.
1: Well, first of all, Jamie, thanks for having me, and. For, and as far as the ballot measure goes, um, at, like you said, this cap's been in place. It's never been adjusted. Uh, it's been in place since 1975, and that's uh, coming up on, uh, what is that now, 45 years now? Yes. 45 years. Amazing. And uh, it's a hard cap. It doesn't matter uh, how badly you're injured or how negligent the doctor was. It just it doesn't uh, matter what age you are, it doesn't matter if um, if if you're poor or rich, the, the cap still applies. And
0: and you could tell folks maybe what happened. I gave you a short story, but what happened when you you had a jury who heard what happened to Stephen, and I didn't go into too much what happened to Stephen, but uh, he 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 uh, came to the emergency room uh and was um uh he was two at the time right scott
1: yeah well well what happened it was a it was a it was just a week after his second birthday and he was in the mountains and he'd fallen down and got gotten a stick uh in his face actually in his in up his mouth towards his nose and uh that was fixed and he was fine and and uh like a week later he started acting lethargic and tired and he was taken to. To the uh, urgent care and then he was taken back to the urgent care the next day and then the day after that he was finally checked into the hospital where they um, looked at him and unknown to us they pumped him full of steroids which masked his symptoms they never did a ct scan on him even though his uh, symptoms were obviously neurological and uh, they discharged him after another day and the next morning, he was unconscious at home and uh, taken by ambulance back to the hospital, where they immediately did a CT scan and find out. And they found out he had a growing brain abscess, which by that time uh, had caused a lot of damage to his brain.
0: And, and the jury heard all this evidence and said, "This is outrageous. You guys asked for that CAT scan uh, repeatedly and." They didn't give it to you, and this was the age of HMO medicine. They wanted to cut costs. They do not want to give you that eight hundred dollar CAT scan. Um, the jury heard the ver- heard that and issued a seven million dollar verdict. And then, what happened when the jury left the room? How, how did this all happen? The jury's verdict should have stood, but what
1: happened? Well, the the seven million was for Stephen's pain and suffering, part of the, that part of the of the of the uh, award. And uh, as soon as the jury le- leaves the room, the um, the uh, lawyer for the for the plaintiff gets up, or for the defendant <laughs> gets up, and immediately uh, asks the judge to, lawyer the, to um, lower the to lower the the award to the two hundred fifty thousand dollar cap. And he did. And he, oh, yeah.
0: And and then uh, I heard the jury had already left, and apparently the jury foreman didn't know about this until reading it in the paper. Right.
1: The case made the paper a few months later, and he saw that, and the jury foreman saw what had happened in the paper, and he immediately called our lawyer, and he was incensed. he uh, you know, he said they they deliberate deliberated deliberated a long time to um you know determine what his damages should be as in regard to his uh, you know quality of life damages. And he said, uh, just like that, you know, within, Minutes of them leaving the room, the the uh, judge uh, practically wiped out their judgment.
0: And that's why this initiative does a couple of things. It number one says um, the cap should be indexed for inflation because right now, it, it, and this is in every case, right now it would be worth fifty thousand dollars in nineteen seventy-five dollars. This two hundred fifty thousand dollar cap. So we index the cap for inflation, and then we say every jury gets told about the cap they're not lied to as they are now. And then finally, if someone is seriously injured like Steven, if they're permanently disabled or, or they die, the uh, person or their survivors gets to go to the jury and ask for, uh, for anything they want. And the jury has the option of giving it to them without the cap. That's what this initiative does. Um, it is being turned in all across the state, in the 58 counties across California. The signatures are then validated. Uh, when they're validated they the the county send the uh, information to the secretary of state secretary of state then says this qualifies for the ballot now we're qualifying for the November 2022 ballot instead of the November 2020 ballot um we had the signatures but we're waiting to put it on the ballot because of this covid situation but but Scott tell tell me what what you feel about um how the voters of California will receive this initiative when when it when it when it uh, when it goes on the ballot, and what 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 difference this is going to make for other families? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't make a difference for your family now, but it will make a difference for other families.
1: No, it doesn't make a difference for us, but uh, I guess just just the look you see on people's faces they don't they don't know that this uh, this law even exists, and and they can't understand how a cap. That was put on 45, think about it, 45 years ago, a one size fits all cap, um, how that could have never been adjusted over 45 years. People are people are outraged even without hearing our story about mm. about this cap.
0: Yeah, it, it is the lowest cap in America. Uh, Two thirds of the states in America have no cap. Or have one like we proposed in the ballot measure, where if someone's seriously injured, they, uh, they they permanently disabled or died, they there is no cap. Twenty states have no caps at all. Fourteen other states have this cap with an exemption for wrongful death or catastrophic injury, like we're proposing. And uh, only three states uh, have caps as low as 250. Um, we've had uh, a lot of good support from the editorial boards for lifting the cap, but. Um the legislature just can't seem to get it together Scott can they what what, what you've met with legislators on this what what is the, what what's what's happened in the legislature that they should have done this a long long time ago but why haven't they
1: Um I think there's a lot of reasons I've met with some legislators especially in my district over time uh and this has been over the past 28 years I've met with legislators Uh the first one was uh, outraged about the cap and then he uh, he went up and uh, talked to some people about it and then he acknowledged that um, his party had no interest in changing the cap at all. and that was the first person we've talked to and I, I know I've talked to legislators that didn't quite understand the cap. they, um, they hadn't gotten uh, they hadn't studied up on it very much. and then you also talked to legislators. And I should add the the other side on this issue. They're very, very aggressive with legislators and they have a tendency to um, uh, push false information. Let's put it that way. And, uh, and you can tell when they've gotten a lot of false information and that's been a little discouraging. Well, that's why we're
0: going directly to the people. Right. And we're going to give voters their choice. And uh, that choice will be uh, on the ballot uh, in November 2022, and the legislature has until June of 2022 to uh, adopt uh, some form of this ballot measure, and then we could potentially pull it back, and after that, there's no there's no going back when we go to the ballot. But um, this is going to be a, an education campaign for the next two years, Uh, And um, I'm looking forward to doing it side by side with you and Stephen, Scott. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Anything else you want to say uh, just to to the voters or to the legislators about this issue?
1: Well, to the legislators, it's a fairly simple uh, issue. Um, If 250 was acceptable back in 1975, then that amount, plus whatever the inflation is, should be acceptable 45 years later. I mean that's
0: pretty and simple. It is pretty simple. I mean uh, ev- everything else has gone up uh, since 1975, right? And uh, this is the one thing that hasn't and um, and I think it should be embarrassing for the medical insurance complex, uh, but it's not. Uh, we we uh, we are have the we are allegedly the most progressive state in America. We have the least uh, progressive cap, the most regressive cap in America. It's going to change and uh, I'm looking forward to changing it with you Scott. So, Thanks for joining us. I know we'll talk a lot more about all of this, but I really appreciate you and Stephen putting um, putting all the work in to get this on the ballot and to fight for everyone else's rights not to suffer what your family has suffered. Um, we really we really respect you, and you always inspire us, Scott. You and Stephen uh, are always having a place in our heart, and, and you keep us going every day. So thank you. Well, we'll do anything to help. Well, this is uh, this has been great talking uh, with Scott Olson who is the proponent, uh, one of the two proponents, I should say, of the Fairness for Injured Patients Act. The other proponents are, um, are, are uh, the father and mother, uh, Bree and Nelson Moreno, whose little girl uh, Mia suffered what Stephen did only a couple of years ago. Now she's got cerebral palsy. She's in a wheelchair, and um, they're fighting for her. Uh, and there's a lot of nice symmetry in the fact that the Morenos and the Olsons are fighting together for this. So this has been the Rage for Justice Report. Uh, I'm your host, Jamie Court, uh, the president of Consumer Watchdog. And we appreciate you coming and listening and Raging for Justice with us every week. Uh, subscribe to this podcast uh, or listen to it on SoundCloud, uh, Google Play Store, iTunes, everywhere you get your uh, podcast, And please tell others about it. Thank you so much.